mean, I feel like if I didn't uh, experience graduate school and having to put my foot down in graduate school uh, with uh, professors, with research advisors, with peers, standing up for myself um, and so forth, advocating for myself in graduate school, I feel like I would not have been able, I would not have been able to translate that over to my relationship. Hi everyone, thanks for checking into the Grad Girl Wellness Podcast, a space designed to inspire and highlight the stories of women of color in graduate school who are prioritizing their overall health and wellness while pursuing higher education. My name is Angela and I'm your host. Let's get started. So hey, Winter, how are you doing today? Hello, Angela. I'm doing great. My week has definitely have been, um, it's been relatively good. Had a couple of hiccups earlier in the week, but right, that's life. Um, but uh, as we're getting closer to the end of the week, I'm, I feel like I'm going to end off strong. And yeah, just overall, I'm excited. Today's hump day and I, I get to be on this podcast and, you know, talk about my perspective of graduate school. And yeah, I'm just very excited. <laughs> so awesome. thank you for having me. Of course, I'm, I'm happy that this could be a bright spot on, on hump day because usually this is when people are struggling uh, to get through the week. So, I'll definitely go into more detail when we talk about mental health and those clinical implications involving that. <laughs> for sure. It, thank you for being here. <laughs> um, and so, I'm also super excited to chat with you about relationships in grad school and how, like, your, even how your background and your research might even have some. Um, mm -hmm you know, speak to what it's like to go through um, breakups or whatnot in grad school. So before we get into that, yeah. um, Winter, could you just give us a little bit of background about yourself, um, what you have studied, what you are studying in the future, and kind of where you are in your academic journey right now? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so I just graduated uh, in June 2022. Yes. In general psych um, from the City College of New York. Shout outs to CUNY. Hey. Um, and I am entering the clinical psych doctoral program at City College of New York this upcoming August. Um, so I'm very excited about that. And the great thing is because I'm coming in with a master's, it'll shape about 15 credits off a 90 credit program. So I need I need all those credits, all the all the credits. Um, so I'm very excited about that. Um, and then some background involving like what I do. So I am a uh, adjunct lecturer. Um, at City College, and I've taught classes such as social psych, I've taught introduction to psych, experimental research methods, apply statistics uh, with our programming in SPSS. Um, I am scheduled to teach racism and prejudice this upcoming fall. And in addition to teaching, I also am a stress coach at City College. Um, and I'll talk a little bit more about that because that's definitely related to um, identifying positive coping mechanisms while dealing with breakups. I have uh, some tips that I was giving uh, some of the undergraduate students that were seeing me this past June. So I've been doing that since last November, but um, I was doing it uh, more involved. Last so I was uh, hosting sessions from like 7 a.m. up until 11 p.m. all of June um, in that regard. 
And then I also am a researcher. So I chose the thesis route for my master's. There's a non-thesis and a thesis route. I wanted to get my get involved with more um, quantitative research. So I decided to do a thesis involving sex as a moderating variable between adverse childhood experiences, which is a particular set of uh, childhood trauma um, and depressive symptoms among Black emerging adults. So that's my thesis topic. And um, I also have uh, research experience with substance abuse use among Hispanic emerging adults. And I'm currently on a qualitative pilot study um, that's involved with uh, barriers to lung cancer screening among African-Americans. That's basically like the, the gist um, of my background, um, so to speak, and where I'm at and where I'm looking to go. So I, I mentioned earlier that I'm going into the clinical psych um, doctoral program at CCNY, and I'm also going to still be teaching. Um, and then, of course, I start clinicals the second semester, and um, I'm not really sure where this trajectory is going to take me. I kind of fell into teaching. Um, and I kind of fell into research. As graduate students, I feel like we wear so many different hats and like there's a lot of unexpected twists and turns. So I remember, so I entered uh, the master's program at CCNY in January, 2020, so right before the pandemic um, really like took away. Um, and so I was in person and I remember just thinking to myself, like, what am I hoping to get out of this program? I kind of applied to the program um, the semester before, because I was just like, okay, I have a, bach a bachelor's in psych, and I'm trying to figure out what sector of psych I really want to dive into further. So that's why I did the general psych program, because I didn't know if I want to go into like neuroscience, because I also um, did research involving like memory consolidation and I, I did that and I was just like, okay, this is not for me. Um, <laughs> and then I also um, took a couple of developmental psych courses. And I was just like, I do enjoy developmental psych, but then I stumbled upon clinical work and clinical research and abnormal disorders um, and so forth. And I, was, I just fell in love with clinical psychology, abnormal psychology. Um, and, that's, and this is two years ago, I, I was working with my PI slash thesis advisor for the last two years. And she's heavily involved. She has a background in mood disorders, racial and ethnic health disparities. Um, substance abuse use disorder, um, and particularly adverse childhood experiences, which is specific because it, it, it uh, divulges into 10 different sectors of childhood trauma, such as um, like if your mother suffered uh, domestic violence when you were younger, this is all before the age of 18. Um, uh, household challenges such as did you have a inter, uh, an intermediate family member uh, in prison before the age of 18 and so forth. Um, so they're very particular in that sense. Uh, so I kind of uh, working with her, I kind of just um, based a lot of my research interests naturally uh, from just doing this work with her for the last two years and so forth. So it's, it's I think about my time in the master's program and now that I'm, I'm going into the PhD program, I'm just thinking to myself that this is not where I told myself I wanted to be. I didn't have anything really mapped out. And I just think it's interesting that this is where I, I am and I'm, I'm just happy. I'm, I'm, I'm just floored, honestly, so. 
just long story short. <laughs> I, I hear you kind of like those, those twists and turns leads you to places that you wouldn't expect, but you're kind of like glad that it happened. I feel the same way um, about my academic path thus far, um, but I'm, I'm happy about where I'm at right now, you know? Yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's interesting, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of trust the process, even though the process seems um, scary. So you, given your research background, you're thinking about a lot, I'm an anthropologist, so I haven't studied this extensively, but based upon what you said, it seems like a lot of the things that you're focusing on is about how our, our childhood show up in, in our adult lives in some aspects. And so I'm one, and I think that the same can be true for relationships, right? Like we learn our relationship patterns from our childhood. Um, and so I was wondering then um, if you could tell us a little bit about your, your relationship history as a graduate student. Right, and just to circle back, because I did forget to, to mention this in the opening regarding this program that I'm going into. It's like, yeah, so I, I do a lot of research involving how that manifests, so to speak, in adulthood. And it's it's probably because I'm in a psychodynamic, um, going into a psychodynamic uh, psychology uh, clinical PhD program. But yes, uh, to answer your question in terms of just how this manifest in relationships that I've had so far. So, so um, I just got out of a uh, three-year relationship, um, someone who I've known for technically four years, but we were dating for three and living together for three years that whole entire time. Um, and I felt like that relationship worked for me initially because we shared some similar backgrounds. Um, regarding just upbringing and so forth. So initially we did mesh um, and then just over time, um, and, I, and I'll be very honest, there were, there were clearly right uh, red flags um, throughout the relationship and um, right, someone with, with my background. I, 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 I noticed this and I just, for the most part, uh, I would say, either ignored or made excuses for it because I got comfortable. So that's what happens, right? Like you're in a relationship. And so I met him in 2018, um, uh, my last partner. And this is probably my most significant relationship because I've never lived with um, a person before until this time. So I met him in 2018. He was my professor at the martial arts dojo that I was attending at the time. So I do Brazilian jiu-jitsu just as a just as like a sidebar, and I've been doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu um, for the last four and a half years, and I'll talk about that um, a little bit later. Uh, so I met him at the dojo, he was my professor, and uh, he was hitting on me for, for like the first year uh, that I was there, but I wasn't really um, going forward with his advances because I was seeing somebody else, and then I broke up with that guy and then I decided like why not let me uh, go out on a date with my uh, ex-partner and we ended up hitting it off and then we moved I moved in his place uh, relatively quickly uh, just honestly speaking so this is now uh, spring 2019 I probably was seeing him for maybe about four months moved in because um, right in the beginning everything looks great <laughs> uh, so just like I was I, I had an apartment at the time, um, a, a studio, and I was actually just kind of looking for some more space. I didn't 
I was kind of over where I lived at and I was just like, oh, this is a great opportunity um, to move a little bit closer into the city and to embark on this new journey with this man um, and so forth. Uh, so, and at the time I had just graduated with my bachelor's as well too. So I was just like, okay, new man, uh, new degree, new opportunities, so forth. Um, but over the course of the relationship, um, it definitely uh, appeared rocky in the beginning. Um, and like this, this whole power dynamic, I feel like, so just some background, right? He was my professor. He is uh, a couple of years older than me. So I'm in my late 20s. He's uh, in his early 40s. Um, he was previously married before, had a, uh, a child in that relationship and so forth. So I didn't realize that uh, one of one of the factors that affected our relationship was like this, the seemingly power dynamic that I just, it seemed like I always had to, and I hate to use this, this phrase, but uh, not submit, but basically put myself in a place where I'm, my opinions and suggestions uh, came secondary, so to speak. Um, in this power dynamic and I didn't again I didn't realize that but like looking uh back in hindsight now I'm a little bit older now I have more life experience um I'm more one with myself I can really like put things into perspective and point certain situations out like oh yeah that was definitely like a control issue in that regard but I, I kind of just was like at the time okay whatever it's not that big of a deal can't make an excuse this is so forth and I felt like it really took um heed when the pandemic happened so we were already dating for a year um and the pandemic happened and again because i was with this person for a year living with this person i felt very comfortable but then it's a lot of factors really started to come into play that negatively impacted our uh, relationship and the pandemic made me really realize that oh this person is really not for me this person is really not for my uh well-being in a positive way and if anything this is this relationship is actually disruptive to me in addition to trying to complete this master's at the same time. And it's just so, so relationships by itself is just so stressful, whether it's you're having a great time or you're having a bad time. But a relationship in graduate school is just, in my opinion, like five times more, um, five times more intense because graduate school by itself in its its own factor is, is intense, right? I mentioned earlier, we wear so many different hats and it translates over into a relationship because in this relationship, this past relationship at least, I felt like similarly, I was wearing so many different hats then. So I mentioned I was in the studio before him and I, I, uh, was, and I was living alone. So in this relationship, I did a lot of cooking, for instance. So I was now a chef. <laughs> and also in addition to the pandemic, um, if, it was either that or the alternative was spending like hundreds and hundreds of dollars just on takeout and so forth. And I was just like, right, living in New York City, I'm like, right, it's already expensive as hell. Um, so I, I'm not doing that. So I, I ended up picking up a lot of uh, different meals and just cooking for two on a more uh, regular basis. So that's like one hat. And that took up a significant amount of time of like looking up uh, new recipes and fitting that time in. And it's just, yeah, that was, that was, 
<laughs> some time I had to a lot. Um, so being a chef, right? Being that um, emotional uh, management person, so to speak, for my partner, um, and that shoulder to lean on, that shoulder, that shoulder to cry on for for this for this person. Um, it's not just me and my emotions I had to consider. It's the secondary person that's a part of my life. Like, and not even let me take that back. Not even the secondary person, but this person. Like, this is my half. We are we are one pod, and this is half of this pod. So, and right when he's feeling down, it translated over to me. And when he's feeling happy, it translated over to me. But it's um, our emotions significantly impacted one another. And that was different that um, I had to get accustomed to as well. So just wearing these different hats in the relationship, in addition to wearing these different hats in graduate school, it's overwhelming. No, totally. And I like that comparison too, right? Because like, I'm thinking back to your intro, you were saying you're you're a researcher, right? You're an instructor. You're you're offering like clinical work and support for other students, and then to go home and have to also wear these other hats, I can only imagine like how like taxing that that is. Hundred percent, yeah. Wow. Um, and the other thing I wanted to say was just like hindsight is always twenty twenty. So no judgment here, right? Like we all um, have to learn our lessons, right? So thank I appreciate your your transparency on that. For sure. So I guess I want to go a little bit more in depth. So you, you kind of brought up grad school. I was just wondering, like, how did you manage getting your work done and like everything else that that you had to do as a graduate student? What did that balance or lack thereof or the attempt to balance look like? Mm -hmm. So I think um, what really played a pivotal part um, in terms of getting my work done was that I was home for majority of my a master's career. So I started January 2020. We became remote March 2020. And I didn't go back in person until uh, this past semester. <laughs> so January 2022. So I spent a good portion online. And that really helped in terms of um, cutting out the commute time, right, from my apartment or the apartment that we shared to campus. And people don't really talk about commute time, but that plays a very significant part in terms of just, like, adding time to your schedule. And I don't know about you, but I cannot get any work done on the subway um, in terms of just, like, reading uh, peer-reviewed articles or, like, pulling out my laptop. It's, it's so cramped sometimes on the subway. I just can't. Um, so I can't get any work done on the subway. Uh, so cutting out the commute time was very helpful. And then I really got uh, way more organized as well. So like I have this, this uh, personal pocket planner that I always travel around with. Um, it's like a five by seven book I got off of Amazon for like only six bucks. Um, but it's been very helpful in terms of just jotting down, <laughs> not every hour, but I would say like every four hour blocks. So that, just so that I'm mindful of like, okay, I have this like interview or I have uh, this dinner, this dinner I have to do and so forth. Um, so that's been very helpful in managing my time. Um, I had to get very efficient in the way I did things um, in terms of uh, balancing everything in a pandemic um, for graduate school, as well as these other events that would come up because I was in this relationship with this person, right? Like I, I planned his, uh, one of his family members baby shower that had to be added in. Um, I also, right, just regular relationship things, going to dinner with his coworkers and so forth. So that also had to be 
fit into the calendar. Um, so things became very tight. And I would say, Angela, I was using every drop of every moment of every hour of the day, so to speak. So just very cramped. Um, with that being said, because now I want to talk about lack of, I felt like there was a lot of lack of self-care for myself and self-care for me looks like uh, just taking a hot bubble bath. I'm really into aromatherapy as well. So I like to just sit uh, for a couple of moments with two or three candles lit around me and just taking in those scents and so forth. And I just was not doing that. So again, just thinking in hindsight, I'm like, oh damn, I really was not doing any self-care for myself in that relationship. So like, yeah, I was getting, I was getting my work done. I was being superwoman to my partner, but I just, for myself, it just was like non-existent and just like, not non-existent, but not nowhere near of what I was used to in terms of caring for myself, um, making uh, my massage appointments because my body is often very tight and sore from Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, so I was not doing that. And I felt like the lack of self-care definitely uh, negatively impacted my emotions during graduate school. I felt uh, often very tired, very frustrated. And again, right, the program graduate school is tiring and it's frustrating, but just because I wasn't implementing these self-care practices for me and I felt like I was just caring about everything and everybody except for me, um, that just negatively impacted me even further. Mm -hmm. No, I feel like you read my mind because I was just about to ask you about like what self-care looked like. Cause I was, when you brought up jujitsu, I was like, oh, that's great. Like, like she has this practice. And I think I read that you just got promoted to like, is it a purple level of purple? Yeah, so purple belt, so that's an advanced belt, yeah. So I was like, okay, that's awesome. I love that you have that practice, but I wonder how that shifted when you got into the relationship. And I was just thinking in general, how like we can't pour from an empty cup, right? Like part of being in a hole is like, you have to be whole as well, right? And I've definitely fallen into that trap myself, right? Like, you know, I'm doing all this crazy stuff, trying to trying to cook and clean and present myself a certain way. And when I show up to the date, like I'm depleted. Like I just have nothing to give. Um, so yeah, that's kind of that, that superwoman syndrome, right? Like just trying to do it all, trying to do it all. So with that said, I kind of want to think a little bit, continue to learn more about the relationship and, and the path that it took. Could you, you know, you mentioned that there were some red flags at the beginning. So could you let us know then like what precipitate precipitated the breakup? Like how did that come about? Oh, so, okay, yes, so I mentioned the red flags, and, like, I'm the type of person that's just, like, okay, yeah, this is a red flag, or I'm not okay with this, but I'm gonna still try to make this work, because I do like this person, and I do see a future with this person, um, but what kind of brought about the breakup, uh, so we broke up in April of this year, so April 2022, officially, um, and, it was around Valentine's Day, so we're, we're pro our our anniversary was in March. So this is the, the month before um, our anniversary around Valentine's Day, and um, at that time, I was like, okay, we've been dating for about three years, and. I want to know about next steps. You know, I didn't move into your, I, and I, this is word for word verbatim. I was telling him I didn't move into this apartment to be like a living girlfriend, you know, like, um, and just like cook and clean and like personal, right? Use. <laughs> That's not what I signed up for. And I've told him this um, 
previously and I remember him telling me yeah like we'll take we'll talk about those next steps um and fine to them yeah I will I would like to propose etc yes we can start like planning um for marriage etc but then and I'm like okay that sounds good but then we approached the the mark that we talked about and it was like he was very confused that I was bringing this up right now um and very just like okay like why is this coming about and I was confused because I'm confused on why you're confused this is something that we have been discussing for the last three years and he was looking at me like I had two heads and I'm just like okay and and I'm gonna I'm gonna tie this in back to graduate school because right he met me technically before I started graduate school and I felt graduate school um in a sense, even though it was very tiring, um, very demanding, emotionally draining. What I will say about my master's program that it gave me a boost of confidence um, like no other. So initially I was definitely, I was not as confident. I was more timid. Um, I was afraid to take charge, lead on projects. And by the end of this graduate program, by the end of this master's, I felt way more articulate, right? I started teaching and not, so I was, I was a TA, but I teach my own classes now um and in person in addition to what i was doing virtually so i i felt way more articulate i felt way more confident way more comfortable um and i felt like that translated into the relationship and i can see that going back to i mentioned that power dynamic that he was kind of used to being in charge right he's a professor at the dojo he's older he feels like uh, i kind of felt like he didn't expect me to get as confident as I as I became over the last couple of years. And I felt like he didn't like that. And just being honest, just honestly speaking, um, he kind of wanted me to stay in this box. I hate to say it like this, but beneath him. And I I rose above and started branching out and um, being more confident in the way I do things because of this map program and with that being said that translated over to the relationship because I was like okay I I got with you when I was at this age and in my mid-20s and now I'm in my late 20s and I'm just like this is I know I know what I want I felt like before I didn't really know how to articulate what I wanted but by February of this of this year I was just like no I was like this is what we talked about this is what I wanted and if you're going to go back on your word, then this is not going to continue. He was shocked that I was just like, and then I'm moving out. Um, and I remember talking to my mom about this. And my mom, she, she did like him. Um, of course, she didn't know everything that was happening um, in the relationship. But she, she was, she was kind, I remember her kind of going about and saying, oh, what's, are you sure? Like, this is the right decision for you? Like, you know, like you're throwing, you know, quote unquote, throwing away years of like what you built. And I'm just like, I'm a hundred percent sure. I'm a, I'm a thousand, I'm a thousand percent sure. Like, um, because at this point I felt like this man does not respect me. Um, he's trying to gaslight me in terms of making me think that this is not what we discussed. And um, I'm not tolerating this. I, I don't have to tolerate this. And I felt, honestly speaking, I feel like if I didn't uh, experience graduate school and having to put my foot down in graduate school uh, with uh, professors, with research advisors, with peers, standing up for myself um, and so forth, advocating for myself in graduate school, I feel like I would not have been able, I would not have been able to translate that over to my relationship, just honestly speaking. So I, 
I felt a thousand percent sure in ending this relationship. I was like, I told him with a straight face, this is not going to work and I am going to move out. And that's what I did, Angela. Yeah. I'm here for it. Like, I'm here <laughs> for all of that part of the story. So first, like kudos to you for like speaking your truth and, and keeping your timeline, right? Not letting someone else determine what how things were going to go in your life. Exactly. And I really... Like I, this kind of came up in the other conversation I had with Christina, who also talked about uh, romantic relationships in grad school. And it's like, school will grow you up, right? Like it will teach yes. you things about yourself and about relationships with other people. And it, it will change you, right? And that's happened to me like very unexpectedly. So I appreciate like, although grad school has is like, you know, you know, issues, right? Like we're, we are learning some transferable skills. So anyone out there who feels like this isn't worth it, like you are learning skills that can help you in various parts um, of your life. 100%. Wow. Wow. Interesting. Okay. So hearing about how that occurred, then that puts you around graduation time. Oh goodness. I couldn't wait to get to this part. Okay. <laughs> This is what I was waiting for, right? Because last, so, right? So let's 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 do the math, right? The math is mathing, right? So we are. This is July, right, Angela? We are in July. I just told you, right? February. We started talking about. Oh, this is not going to work. It seemed like okay. We're not on the same timeline, me and my partner. This isn't going to work. This ain't going to work. All right. So then I wait until our anniversary in March because it's a three-year March. I'm like, maybe, you know, he lost his mind back then and we can we can get some, maybe let me give him some more time, right? It's always let me give him some more time <laughs> to get his mind right. He doesn't have his mind right. I was like, oh, so I'm really moving out. I'm just like, okay, like, because I'm the type of person, again, and maybe this is a flaw from on, on my part, I'm giving people too many chances, right? But I, I always try to see the benefit of the doubt of people. That's just how I am. That, that's just the person. I, I've always been. Um, so I, I waited till March, still nothing, still it's just, it's, he's acting, he's carrying along like business as usual. So I'm like, all right, I start looking for apartments. But let me just, let me just make this point that I haven't looked for an apartment since my studio, and this is in 2015 or so. Um, and I actually found, I actually found that studio on Craigslist. And at this point, Craigslist, I don't even know if people still use Craigslist. Um, <laughs> Anyway. So it's been, it was seven, yes, it was seven years since I had to look for an apartment, right? Because I was in my apartment for a couple of years, for four years, and then I moved out with in, into my ex-partner's apartment in 2019, um, so for the last three years. So this was a new phenomenon for me to apartment search, and I, I found my apartment relatively quick the first time, my first apartment. The second apartment, it just felt... Um, it was it was hell, and it was hell because a lot of landlords, uh, the rents were risen because of of COVID. So that was one thing. Um, and now in 2022, uh, so we have rent going up in New York City. New York City just being a hell of expensive place in general, and me having to do this process in graduate school, wrapping up my final semester in graduate school, by the way. And I just said earlier that I did the thesis track, so I was also at this time working on my results section and data analysis section of my research uh, proposal, uh, which was insane because at the same time, I was also teaching two classes. I was teaching social psych, which was a breeze, but experimental methods 
they're doing the same thing like I'm doing. They're they're writing a mock research proposal. So while I actually conduct the research, they're doing a mock version of that. So, and I went through the trouble of analyzing their data on SPSS for them, because um, they all complained <laughs> about having to do data analysis in a research methods class, right? Go figure. Um, <laughs> shout out to my students. Love you guys. Um, Gotta love them. Statistics. They're confused on why we have to find out why our findings are significant or not. Love that. Um, <laughs> so at the same time, and that, and and just just some background information for those that don't know that uh, experimental research methods is notoriously known for being the toughest psych course at the graduate level, whether that's master's level, doctoral level, and undergraduate level. Um, so just some, just some background information because it's heavily writing intensive in addition to having to know your statistics and, uh, and writing an APA format and so forth. Um, so just some background. So let's, I want to paint the picture, right? So I'm looking for an apartment um, and going now into the pandemic and going out post pandemic now. So I'm looking for an apartment expensive as New York City. I'm dealing with the emotions associated with my partner three years who I was living with, um, who I thought I was going you know, to have a family with and be with this person for the rest of my life. I was, I was, I was content knowing this and it just came to a, a crash, so to speak, it all came to a, a halt. Um, so I'm dealing with those emotions associated with that. I'm teaching two courses at the same time. And then also side note, I'm also a coordinator uh, with justice involved youth and their families um, in New York City. So I'm working with uh, justice involved youth. So I, do, I was doing that part-time in the spring and I do that full-time now uh, in the summers. So I was also, doing 27 hours with that job as well. Um, in addition to part-time work with these uh, stress management sessions um, that I was hosting that I brought up earlier. Um, and again, I'm still trying to get my thesis together so I can graduate in uh, June of 2022. So it was a complete, excuse my friend, shit show. Um, I just, that was that period. <laughs> Funny enough that it's July and I'm, I'm just thinking about how stressed I was just two months ago, two and a half months ago. Um, it has been a complete whirlwind um, of, a, of a semester for me um, and of a spring. And I can look back at that and smile because I've, you know, I've got through it. I uh, kicked ass, so to speak. I did what needed to be done. Um, but my mental health uh, significantly deteriorated during that time. Um, I was shut down for a while. And when I say shut down, so like I brought up Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I didn't train for a month. I didn't go to the gym for a month. And I'm very uh, active. I, um, I work out uh, almost every day. That's definitely an outlet, uh, outlet for me in terms of managing stress. So I wasn't doing that. So the outlet that I was uh, not participating in because I was so stressed, which helps me reduce stress, that was a, that was a huge problem. So I wasn't doing that. I, I wasn't participating in any other self-care activities. It was just uh, work, 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 and finishing up my thesis and finding an apartment and dealing with these emotions with my partner, my ex-partner. And I was still, because we were in this apartment together, I was still, we, we decided that we were going to break up and I was still staying there for like the next three weeks just trying to get my bearings together so live still living together for three additional weeks after the breakup that was tough 
um because um there was definitely a lot of spiteful things that was happening i'll give a great example because i'm pretty candid so like you know that i do a lot of as a graduate student i do a lot of work online i remember um coming home one day and i'm like why can't i connect to the wi-fi he turned the wi-fi off angela he disconnected the wi-fi i remember calling I called, I called Spectrum. I'm just like, what's happening? Spectrum is, <laughs> uh, he lives in Manhattan. Uh, I called Spectrum and I'm just like, they're like the account was paused. I was like, excuse me? So he comes home from work and I'm just like, did you really pause this Wi-Fi account? This is the level of pettiness I was doing. Wow, I was just like, okay. So when that when that encounter happened, I was like, oh, I definitely made a great decision to to end this relationship. I was like, this further just promotes why I need to leave. But I had to, and I'm I'm just happy that I had the resources to move out. But I also um was I knew I had a deadline in mind of like uh a May first uh deadline because i know that it was going to be harder for me to find apartments a and then b i didn't want to stay here anymore and yeah i could have moved been stayed in i could have moved with my mom but um i didn't want to that apartment is relatively crowded my mom's their stepfather and then i have two younger siblings um i just i didn't want to be a burden on that and i'm just you know what there's also a part of me um that's like, you know, you know, I'm a 20 something year old. I'm like, I, I don't want to move back home with my parents. I, and I would have felt, and I'm not saying um, this for anyone who has experienced this, but for me, I just was like, I already felt like I took so many blows and I just felt like that just would have been another blow for me having to kind of like go backwards in time, so to speak, and move back in. Not to say that's, that's for, that's just my perspective. I'm not saying that's, that's what it is. Yeah. Wow. Um... <laughs> that's a lot you know what I was thinking I read somewhere that like people show you who they really are during the breakups oh yeah mm -hmm. oh yeah and funny enough because he's the one that I remember him telling me at the beginning when I said this is not gonna work and I'm gonna move out he's like yeah let's have a let's have a peaceful amicable breakup <laughs> I'm like oh yeah amicable as in you turn up the wi-fi on me it's like that you use <laughs> Oh man, like the worst too for a grad student because like we we in you know during a pandemic like we we need Wi-Fi like that's how we work so yeah I'm glad you're on the other side yes <laughs> and, I'm on the other side yes mm -hmm. I am mm -hmm. there was something else you said to said that really resonated with me too it's kind of like how kind of, we have these plans and like we work people into these plans because I, I had a similar experience. And I had a breakup as well. And like, I had planned to like, you know, I had thought about that person being at my graduation and I'm like, yeah. oh, wow. Like, that's not going to happen. Like, there's no longer a question of whether or not I put them in my acknowledgements, right? It's, it's, it's done. And so I like part of the emotions, right? Is one, like trying to figure out what it's like for that person no longer to be in your life, but it's in the present, but you're also like grieving all these like future plans that you had which is hard. It was really, really hard for me. But imagine, yeah, it was, again, right, just just replaying some of these experiences. And I'm, I'm a pretty candid person. Like, it is, it is what it is. I don't, I, these experiences make you as a person. Um, it shapes you, definitely. So, and again, it's, it's only been about two and a half months. That's why I'm over here laughing. Like, I, I feel, I feel like it was, it was so much going on that this felt like, eons ago but i'm just like oh this was two and a half months ago i was going through this um yeah it was it was heavy it was very heavy 
um, and now on the other side and just trying to facilitate how the rest of like my year is going to go now. So I'm in, I'm, I'm in a new apartment. Um, so I was able, I found an apartment and moved in uh, April 29th. So actually two days before uh, the deadline, because I, I got diligent, super diligent. And I'm like the type of person that uh, stuff like that, like that whole Wi-Fi situation, it, it, it angered me, but it also like motivated me even more. So hours that I spent dedicating to apartment searching, which could have gone to like working on my thesis and grading work went to like apartment searching. So my sleep, and I, I don't know if I brought up sleep yet, but my sleep, I was only, and this is, this is no lie. I was averaging about four hours of sleep a day. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I was a zombie. I was a zombie. Um, in March, in, in April, in May. Yeah, I was a zombie. Because right in addition to, in addition to having to, to write the actual uh, research proposal and conducting the data analyses uh, and interpreting what my results look like, I also had to prepare a PowerPoint because I already defended my thesis. Uh, and that was, that was interesting, um, just because having to come up with the committee, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't bring up uh, faculty members. I did not touch on faculty members in graduate school, but I'll, I'll, I'll do a brief shout out regarding faculty in graduate school. <laughs> um, and it's interesting, right? Because people think when you're in graduate school, you just take these classes and you do some studying, you do some research, and et cetera, and that's it. But there's a lot of dynamics involved with your faculty that you that you're working with. And um, I was I was definitely um, I'm happy that I have the advisor that I had who oversaw my thesis. I ended up I I, I hate to say lucky, but I've heard some some horror stories from uh, others in my cohort of just about um, their their advisor giving them the runaround um, in terms of uh, rejecting the proposal and um, not being as effective in communication and so forth, especially during the pandemic and we remote. Um, and I actually didn't see me for the first time until January, or until January, but until um, until April of this year because uh, she was uh, my, uh, she oversaw my class. She she had to do an evaluation because uh, she has a background statistics and experimental research uh, so she it was funny because we, we looked at each other and I remember I was like we like put our arms up and we're like oh my goodness like we're seeing each other in person for the first time after working together virtually for, for almost two years so that was that was great to see her in person um, but going back to faculty yeah like these dynamics that you have to you have to navigate with faculty um, you get interesting these so like just going back capping to my oral defense it was actually supposed to be scheduled for me and I had to do I was it was such a headache regarding that because I initially had told the other two that were on my uh thesis committee back in January the date and then the date approaches and this is like this is no exaggeration like maybe a week and a half before and one of them was like I'm going on sabbatical like we got to find a new date and I'm just like oh this is pushing back graduation. Um, so I was just like, okay, like F me, right? Like, it's just like, okay, no regard. <laughs> um, it, we're, we're just, and 
what can I say? I need, I needed this person on my committee because she has a background in uh, childhood trauma. And I had to have someone that also, because that's what I was looking at. Um, and then I also had to have like an impartial person who didn't have a background in childhood trauma. But yeah, I just remember just being like, that was a slap in my face. And that was like an additional random last minute stress that came up. And I felt like uh, just to circle back to graduate school, that happens a lot, these unexpected, it happens in regular life, but in graduate school, like you could just think that like you're scheduled to like defend and you do what everything you need to do, right? Everything that they tell you, quote unquote, that you need to do this, you follow this timeline to the T and stuff still can happen. And it's out of your control and you just have to just deal because you need these people. So that was an additional stressor. Mm. Listen, like, it's like one of those things when it rains, it pours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes you stronger on the other side, but when you're going through it, like, I, yeah, it, it sucks. <sighs> wow. <Definitely>. Yes. <laughs> so with all of that said, <laughs> I am going to move us to the lightning round. And so essentially the lightning round is where you say the first thing that comes to your mind. I don't have to think about it too hard, but just give us the, the honest answer. Um, how does that sound? That sounds good to me. Awesome. All right. So the first one is, if you could, please give us three words to describe romantic relationships in graduate school. Uh, three words to describe romantic relationships in graduate school. Okay. Um, painful. <laughs> Oh, do I have to do I have to also describe why I'm choosing? No, oh, no, no, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> that one, I think we can figure out. <laughs> okay, uh, painful, uh, definitely uh, um, exhausting, and I'm I'm not saying that in a negative way either. It's just in a general sense, just exhausting, because um, life is exhausting for you. Um, and then lastly, um, uh, just very provocative in a sense. Hmm. Okay, those are those are provocative words. Okay. Um, number two, what are two invaluable resources that have helped you in your wellness journey? Oh my goodness. Um, so I, I, and I said earlier that I did Brazilian, I've been doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for the last four and a half years. Um, definitely uh, Jiu-Jitsu has been such a prominent factor. So it's, it's, it's a community, right? Um, and we're a small community and within that, I uh, am heavily involved in a, uh, a all women's program at, at the dojo. So I, I, I take mixed classes with guys as well, but I'm very active in this women's program. And it's so nice uh, because we have our own women classes um, and we do outings. I have a camp that I'm attending actually at the end of July, a two-day camp in New Jersey um, where we do hiking and uh, we're doing tie-dye, painting with shirts. And I did this, this camp last year. And um, it was phenomenal. Uh, so it's it's this community has helped me in terms of uh, self care um, in graduate school and self care uh, while going through this breakup as well too. So uh, so one invaluable resource was just definitely uh, just exercise and specifically jujitsu for that community that I'm a part of. I'm grateful. Um, the second invaluable resource. Um, I would have to say, um, and I'm looking, I'm looking at it actually. It's, it's, please do not laugh, but it's this planner. It's this planner that I brought up earlier. Um, it's this planner has saved me. So, I, I, and I don't know about you, Angela, but before I've uh, like I've been involved in grad school and um, 
just I'm going into this program, uh, this PhD program in the fall. I'm just like, my memory has, I don't know if it's because I'm just taking in so much material, but my memory has just been just has not been there. Um, so I've been, even like the smallest things, like I'll have like uh, drinks with friends. Because <laughs> if I don't put this down, I would totally forget. And I remember it was not like that for me before graduate school, but I'm like writing down like every major event of the day. I It needs to be jotted down um, on this for, for, for my sanity, because I'm, I would hate to miss out on something so this has definitely been an, an invaluable uh, resource for me and just making sure I'm up to date. Uh, and with that being said, uh, because I'm not missing out on appointments, I don't feel anxious. Mm. What up if I didn't have this planner? And me not being anxious is definitely good for my, my well-being. No, no judgment. My Google Calendar is color-coded. I have reminders sent to my phone. Um, so no judgment. I plan and I use Google Calendar and I write things down in a paper calendar. <laughs> awesome. Okay. And so the last question in the lightning round is if you could please give us one piece of advice to listeners. And I would ask that you direct this specifically to uh, folks in graduate school who might who are experiencing a breakup from a romantic relationship. Um a piece of advice I would definitely have to give, um, and I kind of touched on this earlier. Do not lose yourself. I know it's I know it's easier said than done. Um, stay true to yourself. Stay one to yourself. Continue doing all the activities that you were doing uh, that you enjoyed um, before the breakup, um, during, after the breakup. Because like I, I mentioned that I stopped at one point and um, I stopped going to the gym so I wasn't doing any exercise and I felt like crap um and when I when I returned um I felt even though I was I was just moved into my apartment I was still you know it was still the breakup was so fresh I felt so much better doing this activity that I loved and spent and put so much time and energy to this so please do not lose yourself continue doing everything that is that you enjoy doing um and it, it, I'm, I'm telling you, it's gonna seem difficult because I know for me, I remember there were days like I felt like I just could not get up to go um, to train. Like I, I, I feel so sad. I feel so defeated. Um, I feel so overwhelmed uh, because I'm doing graduate school and I'm experiencing uh, this significant breakup at the same time. Uh, but with that being said, um, at one point, it was like a month in, and I was just like, you know what, I, I, I really motivated myself. I was just like, let me just go back. Let me just see how I feel. And I was just like, if I feel, if I feel like crap after, then like maybe um, it might be time to switch gears and try a new activity. But if I feel good, then it's business as usual, and I'll continue on. And I remember coming back, and everybody was just like, oh my goodness, Winter, like, you know, like they've, some people were already privy to what was going on. Um, and I remember just like talking a little bit about like what I was experiencing at the time, because I'm also that type of person too. And I'm, I'm, I'm starting to um, be less of this type of person, but just like divulging um, what I've been experiencing. I tend to bottle things up a lot. Um, so even now it feels good to just talk about this more in detail um but yeah long story short stay true to yourself i think that is um a great note to end on and thank you then for opening up um on the podcast and i know a lot of people will appreciate um hearing your story and, and what you did um 
to process those feelings and those experiences while you were a graduate student. So I appreciate um, you being here, Winta. If folks wanted to contact you or, or follow up and see what you're doing in this next stage of, of life, where can they find you? Um, so I've been definitely more active on Instagram. Uh, so, uh, and I can, I can get my Instagram. So it's because my, my name is spelled relatively unique. So it's, it's uh, Winta. So it's W-Y-N-T-A and then Worthwhile. So W-O-R-T-H-W-H-I-L-E, all one word on Instagram. So that's, that's where I'm at now, nowadays, updating. Awesome. And I will definitely put your IG handle in the show notes so folks can connect with you. And I wish you the best of luck um, on your PhD journey and wrapping up everything um, with the master's experience and all of that jazz. And it sounds like you have some great projects in the works. And so I am excited to, to see what you do next. Thank you so much, Angela. Thank you for having me on this podcast. Um, it was very comfortable. The dialogue was very free flowing. It's it was, it was fantastic. Um, and I felt really good just being able to share my experiences with everyone tonight. Thank you so much. That's all I have for you on this episode. I hope that you heard something that inspires you along your wellness journey. And if so, share it with a friend. Until next time, take care.